to know that uh, <clears throat> that Abraham uh, is a person just like you and I. So let's see. Let me get down here toward the end. Something that was said about Abraham here. Now this book of James, this was actually, this is what's kind of interesting. James was actually one of Mary and Joseph's sons. So it would have been a, you know, Jesus' brother. <clears throat> okay, now let's get down here to something that is said. Look at this. Oh, uh, Don't you remember that even our father Abraham was declared good because of what he did when he was willing to obey God, even if it meant offering his son Isaac to die on the altar? You see, he was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever God told him. Uh, his faith made him uh, complete by what he did, his actions. And so, as it happened... Now, so far, is there anything we can do like him? Yes, we can just trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. We know about trusting in the Lord. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. I can do that. Okay. Well, this is what we can do. This is Abraham. The Abraham. Oh, wow. Well, wait a minute. Let's watch. See what he did. Uh, and it so happened, just as the scripture says, that Abraham trusted God and the Lord declared him good in God's sight. It wasn't anything he did other than trusting God. And he was even called, look at this, the friend of God. Wow. So you see, a man is saved by what he does as well as what he believes. So what we're talking about here is just simply trusting in the Lord. Look at that. He's the friend of God. See, sometimes in today's world, when we're, we don't mean to be this way, but sometimes in our thinking, we'll actually try to be politically correct. Well, what if I was a Chinese person and I believed in Buddha? Well, <laughs> you need Jesus. I mean, I don't care what it is. There's only one way. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And all the focus today, if you turn on the news, is about a little country and nation called Israel. I mean, this stuff is not fairy tales. This is real. Okay, so, but Abraham here, he's called something that you would think mankind could not have access to. Friend of God. Praise the Lord, yes. Uh, let's go look at um, another place here about Mr. Abraham. Romans, he comes up again in chapter 4. Uh, he says, Abraham was humanly speaking the founder of our Jewish nation. What were his experiences concerning this question of being saved by faith? Was it because of his good deeds that God accepted him? If so, he would have something to boast about. In other words, we could say, Abraham's got something I don't have. But no, that's not, uh -uh, we have it. Uh, but from God's point of view, Abraham had no basis of, for pride. For the scriptures tell us that Abraham believed God. And that's why God canceled his sins and declared him not guilty. Praise the Lord. I'm glad. Because I wouldn't be satisfied with what I was doing. You might hear somebody say, do this. And you'll be right with God. And you'll go try to do that. And then you'll think later, I don't know. But that's not the answer. The answer is what Abraham did. <clears throat> Verse 4. He didn't even earn his right to heaven by all the good things. Oh, uh, let's see. Where'd I go? He didn't. Well, let's see. I guess I went down too far. Oh, no, there we are. Verse 4. He didn't earn all uh, his right to heaven by all the good things he did. No, he was uh, being saved as a gift. Is a person if a person could earn it by being good, then it wouldn't be free. But it is. It's given to those who work for it. For God declares sinners to be good in his sight if they have faith 
to uh, in Christ to save them from God's wrath. Now, uh, I want to switch this to the uh, the King James right here just a moment. Get verse four. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, look at this. Uh, but well, let's get four. Now, to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace. Boy, don't you see why the Living Bible is so nice? <laughs> I mean, we save a lot of time by going. Let's see. It's almost like a math equation here. Worketh not. Okay, uh, not works. Uh, oh, yeah, I got it. Believes on him that justifies. <clears throat> the, look at this. Ju- I like this phrase right here. But believes on him that justifies the ungodly. Whoa, 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 whoa. Boy, if you've blown it, you're going to burn in hell. Wait a minute. He says he justifies the ungodly. Praise the Lord. Glory. Well, then maybe there is something to this uh, being a friend of God. Well, absolutely there is. Okay, it's given to the... Okay, God declares sinners to be good. Shoo-wee, how can that possibly be? And also to save them from God's wrath. Wow. Oh, let me switch. I I, I know we're another great little verse here. Look at verse 9 just a moment. Oh, let's see. Where's my number? Here we go. Six, seven, here. Look at this. And, uh, and since by his blood he did all this for us as sinners, how much will he do for us uh, now that he has declared us not guilty? Boy, look at these things here. Paul, Paul's writing. The Apostle Paul. Okay. <laughs> all right. He called himself a sinner, didn't he? For us as sinners. How much will he do for us? We think, well, God's not ever going to do anything for us. I mean, why would he do something for us? Because, I mean, we are just not pleasing him, and we are just, we're just not. We're... Hold up a minute. None of us were. Hang on. Look at the words. How much more will he do for us? See, that's the reason the Bible is such a wonderful book. It tells about what God is going to do today for you and I, not what he might do if you're good enough. He'll do it for you. I read this week, just in recapping, the last part of 2 Samuel when Absalom, his son, oh, mercy. Now, his son was some good-looking guy, had this big old wavy hair or whatever, but he was out to outsmart his dad. And he did a pretty good job of it. He sat outside the, the city gate, had 50 men run before his chariot, and then he'd sit there and act like he was setting himself up as a judge, and people would come down and they'd try to bow down. He said, no, don't, don't bow down, don't bow down. You know? And he won all, the scripture says he won all the hearts of, the, of Israel. By doing this. And he kept saying, you know what? If I was king, I could have been a judge for you. But I'm not anyway. Anyway, long story short, the latter part of 2 Samuel was um, uh, the kingdom did turn around. Everybody started thinking he was a hot shot. And then they were going to come oust David. And that's the reason you see some of these things in the book of Psalms. David writes about it. So anyway, David and his whole family, they leave Jerusalem. They were going They were going into exile. But what's so fantastic is you're thinking, that's David. Wait a minute. David's writing all these things about how good God is and whatever. Well, if you keep reading, I mean, the Lord, uh, it was great. There was a plan that was taking place and one of David's men used to be his counselors. David said, hey, I tell you what, why don't you go back and you act like you've deserted me and you be a counselor to him. And he wound up counseling his son, Absalom, and gave him some bad advice. And anyway, it overthrew him just in a matter of of weeks. And there were some great things that took place during that time. And then David and his whole dynasty come back to Jerusalem. It was wonderful, praise the Lord. So even though things look like they get turned around, you should watch for what he's going to do for us. Now, look at this little phrase here. 
How much more will he do for us now that he's declared us not guilty? I'm still worried about the future. Whoa, look at this. Now he will save us from all God's wrath to come. Now what did I do to deserve that? Well, you didn't do nothing but believe him. You just trusted the Lord. Praise the Lord. Save you from all God's wrath to come. You know, that's something that'll dog you and worry you. It'll keep you out of your prayer closet. It'll make you think God's not going to help you. But the Word of God tells you that Jesus took all your punishment. That is, I like to remember this, this is 5.9. There's one identical to it in 1 Thessalonians 5.9. I want to show you that one too. That's the reason these things made Scripture, because <clears throat> they all said the same thing. Here we go. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9. And let's just see if these numbers hold up. It's not magical. I just happened to notice it when, uh, <clears throat> when I was reading the Bible myself. For God has not chosen to pour out His anger upon us. Now, who's the us? Is it just three people? Was Paul writing? I know Paul was writing Timothy. No, he was <laughs> writing an entire country. The Thessalonians. Hmm. And matter of fact... Let me show you something interesting right here. Well, let me finish that out. God's not chosen to pour out His anger upon us, but to save us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Wow. He's not chosen us to pour out His anger. Well, sometimes we think, you know, it, He is just so mad. No, He's not. He poured all that anger upon Jesus. He did. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so, this wasn't written to an individual. It was written to all of us. Oh, uh, Look at the last verse of Colossians. This is why the Bible is so fantastic. This is the last. This is a letter Paul wrote to a whole place, Colossians. And let's see what they said. Here we go. And by the way, after you've read this letter, will you pass it on to the church at Laodicea and read the letter I wrote to them? So in other words, what was good over here is good over there. Keep this stuff going. So guess what? You and I, we are free from the wrath of God. Now, how can that be? Like we noticed, Abraham. Abraham. Oh, he was called the friend of God. I don't even know he's a friend of God if I can't have that. Well, look at this in Matthew. Now, look, now we're talking Jesus. This is God in the flesh. This is the Lord. And let's, uh, excuse me, let's, let's see what he did here in chapter 8. Something he said in passing. Look what he did. Of course, here's a leper. He gets healed. All right, and then there's a, there's a Roman, I mean a Roman army captain. What is he doing around here? Well, remember, this is the reason multitudes were coming to Jesus, because, you know, you could get healed. I mean, I tell you what, heaven's wonderful to think about. It's wonderful to know you're going to heaven, but if you've got pain in your body, or if you're thinking you're fixing to die or whatever, and you don't have your house in order, in other words, you're worried about your, I mean, it's just, I know how that can be. They say the word cancer around you, and I mean, you can just check out and just feel, feel uh, you just feel like your life is ruined. I tell you what, you need to do what these people in the Bible did. Okay, so anyway, watch this. So anyway, uh, this, this, this captain says, you know what, Jesus, I know you'll heal, my, um, <clears throat> you'll heal my servant. But anyway, notice what Jesus says. I haven't seen faith like this in all the land of Israel. And I'll tell you this, that many Gentiles, like this Roman officer, shall come from all over the world, watch this, sit down in the kingdom of heaven with, here they are, these are real people, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Phil, 
Laura, Myrna, Bob, Dustin, Richard. These are real people. And what are they going to do? Sit down in the kingdom of heaven. I mean, we're going to have dinner. This, this is a picture of Revelation 3.20. He's right there at your door today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's how close he is. <clears throat> God never step. Praise the Lord. Okay. Well, then let's back up a little bit. Let's see how God introduced himself to uh, Abraham. Notice it. This was creation. Creations chapter 1. More details about creation. Whoops. All fell apart right here. <laughs> you know, I mean, it went downhill fast. Chapter 4. Cain kills Abel. I mean, the whole world's going to pot real fast. By the sixth chapter, the flood. And there's evidence of that flood everywhere. People try to say, well, it was just millions and millions of years ago. And yes, we agree, but it, it, was, not, it was not so many years ago. It was not 4,000 years. It was, oh, yeah? The oldest tree we have in the world today is roughly about 4,500 years old, which would put us right all the way back to a flood right there. There's all kind of timers out there in our world that you can look at. All kind of timers. <clears throat> One, it's just some interesting things I like to think about. The Mississippi River. Do you not think that thing's called the muddy Mississippi River for nothing? Okay, if this place is billions of years old, how much mud do you think is pouring out in the Gulf of Mexico? There's not been enough time. There wouldn't be a Gulf of Mexico. Erosion of the earth. If it was millions of years ago, we wouldn't have any mountains in America anymore. Do you know what? We have mountains, and even the craters on the moon, I'll stop getting off on this, this is just exciting stuff. Craters and stuff still have sharp edges. It can't be so. <laughs> it's supposed to have been worn down by now. This place is not that old. Perhaps the Bible's true. It is true. Praise the Lord. I mean, the Bible never treats us as though, well, I hope you believe this. These are just facts. We go right after it. So here's the flood. Uh, here's results after the flood, 8, 9, 10, 11. A oh, oh, little bit of history about Noah right here. And then there's a genealogy here. Why do you, who cares? Because it's real. The genealogies are real. Then all of a sudden, chapter 12. You know, this is a 50 book uh, chapter. I mean, a book uh, in Genesis. And already at 12, we see this. God told Abram, his name was Abram, Leave your own country behind you and your own people and go to the land I'll guide you to. Well, Lord, I, 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 I mean, I, I, I got any money. I mean, I need to stay with my family and I need... The Lord's going to teach him that he's going to take care of me. Now, look at that. First thing he says, if you do, I will cause you to become the father of a great nation. Well, you can't be a bunch of homeless people. <laughs> you know, I will bless you and make your name famous. Now, that belongs to you and I today. There's nothing wrong with you being an Adair or whatever your last name is being famous. <clears throat> I mean, you want to amount to something. <clears throat> well, how are you going to get there? God said, I will. I will. Now, remember, we already know Abraham's blessing is mine. But let's watch this. So he says, and you will be a blessing to many others, and I will bless those who bless you, and I'll curse those who curse you, and the whole world... Look at that. This is how we're involved in it today, you know. Uh, and the entire world will be blessed because of you. Well, so Abraham departed. Now I want us to jump straight on over to chapter 15, just a moment. <clears throat> so here we are, chapter 15. 13 and 14, there's nothing but uh, uh, 
God taking care of him. Absolutely. And he's in a strange place, too. And there's a lot of people around trying to kill people. They just, people just attack people and take their stuff. Anyway, afterwards, Jehovah, or the Lord, spoke to Abram in a vision and said, uh, and this is what he told him. Again, why do we have the details? Well, I tell you, I know one reason we have the details, because God is the same. He's the same for you and I. Look, it says, don't be fearful, Abram, for I will defend you, and I will give you great blessings. Hmm. You know, it's good to know that the Lord will protect you. You see this in... I see it already in Psalm 3. Psalm 3 says, I'll lay me down and I slept. I'll wait for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people. Chapter 4 says, I will lay down and sleep for you alone. Keep me safe. That's Psalm 4. And then they go on from there uh, all the way like say Psalm 91. Uh, But he says, uh, I'll defend you. Isn't that just good news to know that the Lord is a shield today? He'll shield you. He really will. And I'll give you great blessings. But Abram replied. Now this is what he's hearing. Oh Lord Jehovah. What good are all your blessings. When I have no son. And I remember the other day. Sitting in my hot tub. you know, And I'm just laughing because of my circumstances. Because it, you either laugh or you cry. whatever. And, and I was thinking about this. And I thought well what good are your blessings. If I don't have a job. Well remember what the Lord did. Abram said, well, what good are all these things? I don't even have a son. Now, remember, Abram was 90 years old, and he's going to be 100 by the time he has Isaac. Oh, for without a son, oh, some other member of my household will inherit my wealth. In other words, my best friend or my servant's been with me all this time, you know. Then Jehovah told him. Now, when was the then? When Abram said, what will you give me? King James says, what will you give me seeing I go childless? Okay. <clears throat> Jehovah said, no. No. So when it looks like you don't have, the Lord's going to be telling you, no. That's not the end of the story. Look at this. No one will be your heir. For you will have a son to inherit everything you own. And that boy, the Lord doesn't quit talking here. He says, and by the way. Then God brought Abram outside beneath the nighttime sky and told him. Now, I want you to think about this. Maybe your situation is not like I would, I would mention about my job or whatever, or money or whatever. It's something else. You know, maybe you're not feeling good or whatever, or, or it just doesn't matter. The Lord take you outside. I mean, this is yours already. You got the night. To, you can do it tonight if you want to. <laughs> if you're needing something from God, as soon as it gets dark, <coughs> if it's cloudy, well, then go the next night. But nonetheless, they're still there. You go out and you look like these speckling that we got here in this, if it was, if we were really out in the country, it, those stars, it's almost impossible to see gaps between them. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But anyway, he says, look up to the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your descendants will be just like that. Again, I don't need to know about Abraham. Oh, nice story. Yeah, I, I got it. I got an A on the test. No, I need an A on my test. Praise the Lord. I need to calm myself down no matter what it is. The Lord's taking us all out into the night sky and showing us, what will you give me seeing I go, well, what is it? What is it that you're missing? Look at the nighttime sky. Anyway, there's too many to count. Abraham, what? Believe God. Oh, he believed there was a God? No, no, no. That's not the trick. We've certainly got way beyond that. He believed that God would give him that child. And then God considered him righteous 
on account of his faith. Well, yeah, but Lord, didn't you pick uh, uh, Abraham out because he was a goody two-shoe anyway? <laughs> he wasn't. Abraham was married to his half-sister, and he told her to lie when they went down to Pharaoh. Well, I would never tell a lie. Well, Abram did. And obviously, he taught it to Isaac. He said, if you ever go out of town, don't tell him Sarah's your wife. I mean, his wife is Rebecca. He says, don't tell him it's Rebecca or her Rachel, whatever. Rachel, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, <clears throat> they did the same thing. But nonetheless, we don't not know about Abraham. But we do know this, that God said he counted him righteous. So apparently, he wasn't that great of a character. All he did was, okay, I'll follow you. Can we do that? Yeah, we can do that. Lord, I'll go wherever you want me to go. That doesn't mean go to the mission field. Just start believing the Lord. And he told him, I'm Jehovah who brought you out. <clears throat> uh, brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans, basically somewhere down in Iraq, to give you this land. Anyway, Abram said, oh Lord, how can I be sure you'll give it to me? Then Jehovah took, uh, told him, take a three-year-old three, a three -year -old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, turtle, here we go, list things, and slay them, cut them in the, in the part in the middle, separate the halves. This was a sacrifice. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham shooed them away. Man, kind of old. Hey, get out of here. Well, we're seeing a real story. That evening, as the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram. And a vision of terrible foreboding darkness and horror. Then Jehovah told uh, Abram, your descendants will be oppressed as slaves in a foreign land. Yeah, Egypt. And I'll punish that nation that enslaves them. Now remember, of course, Abram's thinking, I ain't got no kids, so this can't be real. No, Abraham believed God. And so God's already saying, now you're going to have so many kids, it's going to be incredible. And they're going to wind up being slaves down there in Egypt. For 400 years. But I'll punish that nation and I'll bring him away. Look at this. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. And if you read oh, Exodus and then Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, well, they weren't broke. They were doing fine. Wow. Now look at this. But you will die in peace at a ripe old age. Wow. So how's God going to take care of you? Just like he took care of Abraham. All these things are these all these things belong to you. And we can go and read a little further here. But I just want you to see that. He'll take care of you. Now I mentioned some things about David. Oh. Uh, uh, let me jump ahead. And uh, now we know what uh, <clears throat> the Lord's doing. I want you to look at this right here. I mentioned this several times, but we're going to look at it again. Watch this. First uh, Chronicles 4. Okay, here we go. This is, this is the list. So-and-so, his daughter, the ancestor, the ancestor, the ancestor, the son of, the son of, the son of, the son of. Down here to verse 10. Look, here we go. Uh, we'll take it to verse 9. Jabez. Let me just let me back up just a little bit. Okay. Uh, the ancestor of the clan was named after this Aaron guy, the son of Harun, whatever. Jabez was more distinguished than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because she had a hard time at his birth. Okay, Jabez means distress. So he's already growing up knowing, hey, life's tough. But he was hearing something about a God who's alive. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel. All that you would wonderfully bless me 
and help me in my work. Please be with me in all... Look at this. In all that I do and keep me from all evil and disaster. Well, you little rascal. How dare you? Disaster's good for you. Makes you hard. Makes you learn. If he can get away with this, I want to get away with it. Matter of fact, we all want to get away with it anyway. And look what happened. Well, let's just see. And God granted him his request. Well, you know what? If this was so private, we shouldn't know anything about it. We shouldn't have heard that. And then guess what? The descendants of Rekha were, and the descendants... It goes on and on for another 40 verses. Why is that so important? Last place. The last thing that David did in 2nd in second Samuel there, you'll find this uh, this psalm there. It says after David uh, after the Lord rescued him out of all of his enemies and whatever la da da da. Uh, <clears throat> David sang this song. Here it is. He says, "Lord, how I love you, for you have done such tremendous things for me. The Lord is my fort where I can enter and be safe. No one can follow me in and slay me." He is a rugged mountain where I can hide. He is my Savior, a rock where none can reach me. And a tower of safety. He is my shield. Well, David, you sure are being selfish here. Is he being selfish or is he telling us how wonderful God really is and how he did it himself, trusting in the Lord? Yeah, he's sharing it with us. Last little part here, look at this. Uh, He is my shield. Same thing God told Abraham. He is like a strong horn of a mighty fighting bull. Wouldn't you like to have that? I mean, Chaz is pretty big and I can hold on to his tail or whatever. But how would you like to walk through a vicious crowd and you could hang on to the tail of a big bull? He's on your side, you know. All I need to do, and that's what Abraham did, is cry to him. Oh, praise the Lord. And I am saved from all my enemies. Now, that is so simple. What are we going to do with it? Well, we're going to believe it. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you. By your stripes, we're healed. If we're not feeling good, you'll fix us there. You'll take care of any aches and pains we got, any trouble with our vision or hearing or whatever it could be. Lord, same thing's true financially. That's just absolutely true. Silver and gold. You'll take care of that for us. You supply all our needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Lord, if there's anything else, may not even be related to money, may not be related to our health or whatever, just some other problem and we are faced with it and don't know how to get out. But Lord, we know you'll get us out. And so we leave it right there. So that didn't leave anything left but for do like David said. Just tell everybody how great you are and what great things you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.